Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hello team and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. It's Fab here, founder and teacher at Alt Marketing School. And this week's roundup is a different kind of roundup because we're going to round up around a topic. I said round far too many times. Now I cannot not think about it. Veronica, please help. Help me stop this madness. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. Hi, it's nice to be back. I think it's a couple of years since I was on the podcast, actually. I know. We, we roped you in to say hi as we literally launched the certification so we are back two years i think pretty much so welcome back welcome back it's nice to have you yes i love being back it's been an amazing journey with art marketing school and you've come such a long way i love that yeah i love that we're here doing this as a recap oh well to be honest it's it's just a pleasure and i love the fact that Obviously, if you don't know, we have a whole faculty of teachers and some of our teachers, including Veronica, are the OGs, so to speak, which means they are also part of our certification, which means that they actually join us live to teach us incredible sessions. And we look at purpose-driven and relationship-driven funnels with Veronica. And today I brought her back, not just because it's nice to catch up, but also because we are launching a very special deep dive masterclass on the topic of funnels as well. This is more a building blocks class. So obviously it's not as interactive as it would be in our live sessions where we actually get to work together and you get to work with Veronica on funnels. This is more of what I would like to think as the bread and butter of knowing how to build great funnels and how to test what works and what doesn't, which I believe is such an understated skill. So if this is something that you're interested in, the class by now will be live, so you can actually find it under our courses. And I thought I'll bring uh, Veronica back to answer some questions and catch up and do all these wonderful things. Do we feel ready? Are we ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Thank you so much for providing so much wisdom in your class. 
And I love the fact that we break down the funnel together. However, I think it's kind of good also to have some questions that might come up as people are building funnels. And we can use your amazing expertise and passion for funnels, which is great when you're a marketer, in my opinion, because it's a journey, um, to troubleshoot some of the objections and the challenges that especially students might go through as they're watching the class and they're learning how to implement things for themselves. But I find that one of the problems with funnels is that there are roadblocks that we don't think about. So before we even talk about that, I know it's like preaching to the converted, but I think it's important to ask the question, why do funnels matter? Why do we believe, and I know we agree on this because otherwise we wouldn't be talking about funnels, is such a foundational building block of becoming a better marketer, I would even wage. Why do you think that would be? Why funnels? Why do they matter? So for me, it's all about the, the framework um, and having that structure in place, especially with someone like with my brain and many marketers' brains, which is probably a little bit too creative and scatty at the best of times with new ideas and distractions and so on. It's so good to come back to, uh, I'm doing this because I have it in front of me, a framework and a structure, which is, this is what we need to be doing. These are the steps that we need to follow. This is the audience I'm marketing to. Those are the needs that they have so that everything is done with purpose and with impact and it's measurable and so that we're not just wasting time doing different things. I know one of the biggest challenges that I've had throughout my career, both in-house and and freelance, is when people like, let's try this and let's try that and there's going off in different directions and there's no strategy to it and there's no structure and there's no framework and it just sometimes it works but most of the time it's actually a waste of time and it's a distraction from the goal that you're working towards. And it leads me to the next question because I love that you talked about the strategy and actually a framework as a way to break it down into different steps. And I think when we look at the strategy of funnel, especially the one that we took together throughout uh, the masterclass that you share with us, I find that is is obviously a very common way for us to look at how to break things down. And I want everybody, including our lovely students, to remember that there are some elements where we fall under. There are some things that we forget. And I think some people go as far as maybe following the framework. But in my opinion, then I want to hear what are some of your um, other mistakes or misconceptions or things that we forget. In my opinion, the biggest mistake that is made is not even not following the framework in the first place, is then not taking the time to analyze and measure what works and what hasn't. I find that a lot of the time we like put our hand in the air and we say, oh, it hasn't worked. I'm going to try something else because I've seen this online or this person has talked about doing this. And we don't actually take the time to see how well has it done or maybe how badly it has performed and learn from it. This is what I find. And this is why I think it's so important to talk again about funnels. Do you find there's some other things, other blocks, other you know misconceptions around actually how to build an effective funnel and how to learn from your funnels? Or again, I would love to hear your thoughts about this because I'm really passionate about the analyzing and implementing stages, you can tell. <laughs> Yeah, no, I really agree with you on the metrics because when you were saying that, I was thinking I'm very much about testing and learning and adapting and you can't test and learn unless you're measuring what you're testing and learning. Otherwise, you're just trying different things with no results. 
So I think when we talk about metrics and audience, it can sound very stuffy and very structured, but actually it will help you move faster because you'll have metrics, metrics, metrics. You can go, yes, it's working. No, it's not working. Let's try the next thing. And you can actually move quicker by doing that. I think when you don't measure, you actually move slower because you have no direction and no benchmark and it's just feeling your way in the dark. So I would definitely agree with you on that. I also think, um, you know, in our in our certification and the masterclass, we talk about the balance between customer acquisition and customer retention and where you can really fall down sometimes just focusing too much on one and not the other. So framework is really useful to refer back to and look at all your activity and make sure you're getting a really good balance of the two things. I tell my clients this all the time as well and my mentees to make sure to keep, keep that in mind and not go down the rabbit hole of social media and only focus on awareness or sometimes the other way and doing lots of customer surveys, but then never actually looking at winning new customers. I agree and I love the aspect of balance because um, as you see, especially in the masterclass and it's, it's basically what we based everything that we teach at the school, relationship building, such an important skill. And sometimes we focus too much on, as you say, either the current relationships, but I would say more often than not, we focus on bringing more people in. And I have this conversation also with a lot of students myself and also with some clients. It's, um, I say, especially to clients, I know that you want more brand awareness because who doesn't? But we also need to think about how can we learn from our people that we already have, that are loyal, that are willing to answer our questions or give us the feedback that we need so that we can acquire more people because we know that we're doing the right thing. And there's one great piece in the masterclass, something that is mentioned and something that is also you know, accessible uh, when it comes to the, the dashboard that we provide you to do your own funnel experiments, so to speak, which is one of the things that I cover, which I'm so excited about because that's, that's really fun for me. The audience's needs as well. And I find that one of the best places to find our audience's needs, especially for um, the beginning of our funnel, so the acquisition stage, is to kind of look at who we already have. If we do have any customers or any kind of loyal super fans, we talk a lot about super fans as well. Look at these people. They are the best people for you to go to and understand their needs and then walk back and hopefully understand what were their needs of people like them, obviously before they found your solution. And um, it's hard already as it is to try and get into people's brains. And it's hard already like to throw everything at audiences that don't really know us. So I find that, you know, finding what our people want can often come from what we already know. And you stress the importance of audiences needs as part of that. Well, Being each stage of the funnel, having a different one and maybe they overlap, but not always necessarily. And I think that's such an important lesson when it comes to building better funnels. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to ask you and have you talk about is one of the most contentious topics, which is metrics. I want to cover this in a few ways. And the first way that I want to cover it is, in your opinion, how many metrics would you want to track for each individual stage of the funnel? That would be my first question. So I, in actual real life, try and narrow metrics down to be as few as possible, which can be controversial in real life because, well, I don't know, actually, you have, you have, I have some clients I work with that want to track absolutely everything. And the danger there is that you end up spending so much time either searching for these metrics or trying to figure out what they should be that you're not doing any other activity. 
Um, and that's almost like, you know, death by measuring. So my my preferred approach is to say, right, let's have one key metric per stage. And you might have maybe, I don't know, other ones that you've got an eye on or that oh, if it's in the case of social media, it's probably just there anyway, telling you whether you want to see it or not. But just one, so that when you're doing your reporting, you can say, here's my awareness metric, here's my conversion metric. Um, and that's the one we should focus on. And ultimately, some of the, in, in marketing, there's lots of metrics um, that may mean quite a lot to us, actually to our business or to our client. They don't mean that much. Um, ultimately, you should be looking at how many new customers or new products or whatever. That, that should be your main metric. And then who are we keeping? And then anything else is just kind of an extra layer on top. I'm thinking this because I had a conversation last week about this exact topic where um, a client was figuring out some metrics and said, well, it's how many contracts you've signed. That's the that's the one thing everyone wants to work towards. So, yeah. I, I love that. And I'm going to slightly challenge that, but in a good way. So bear with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can do that actually with the same system. I'm all for simplicity um, in our auditing masterclass and when we talk about auditing with students as well I always say less is more so I usually kind of run it up to three but usually it's for each area of marketing so you can argue it's a bit different than a funnel you know if you're actually looking at general growth in your areas of marketing uh, as well as maybe focusing on a specific funnel especially a smaller business or somebody that kind of has only you know one funnel at the time because you are doing everything yourself you know and you're like a literally the micro business a solopreneur then it makes sense that you have these metrics and maybe you have others that you want to track the other point is in the funnel in especially i think it's important also to have a tiny bit of space for success that can be measured without growth. Bear with me. I know you're like, no, yeah, yeah. I'll try and justify it <laughs> right now. Having done this for 16 years and, oh, sorry, 15 years, almost 16. Um, I know that when you're talking to your boss, when you're talking to other clients, when you're even just talking to yourself, you're like, well, I need to see growth. And I think that it can be pushing us so much because we are doing so much as marketers. The marketing funnel is, um, even in itself, there's the strategy of the funnel and then we have to apply it if we don't even go to the implementation that we'll get back to because you talked about analyzing and then making changes, yeah? Just think about just performing the funnel and making it happen in the first place. That in itself is a lot of moving parts, so please remember that. And um, I find that it's great to have um, our key metrics to be metrics of, of actual growth and tangible, as you say, clients or repeat clients or things. But there might be some stages where we can introduce or remind ourselves of the power of metrics that look at success that can be measured in other ways that can be maybe a smaller type of growth or a different type of growth that can feel very achievable. I'm saying this because I'm going to use social media for brand awareness. Um, you know, if it's followers, it's great, but that's a type of growth that also can be a bit unreliable because of algorithms and all these things. And so sometimes I even challenge our students to think about maybe you look at collaborations for this quarter or for this funnel, brand awareness is yes, obviously there's an element of growth in them and maybe you can add, and that's where I would add an extra metric to look at how many conversations have you had, you know, and like positive conversations that maybe led to a partnership or a collaboration or a webinar or whatever that might be. And this is my, I know it's a bit of a controversial thing because growth matters, but also I find that then it can be very discouraging. And also you don't even feel like you have anything that you're worthwhile presenting 
if you don't educate yourself or even your bosses or your clients or your people to the fact that marketing, yes, wants to help the bottom line and ROI, return of investment, but marketing is so much more than that. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I want to tell you <laughs> about it because I'm really passionate about it, mainly because I know the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves to look for growth. And that is great. And that is success. But I think if we can allow to have metrics and ways to look at our marketing efforts or from another spectrum of other good things that came from our marketing, we also feel more, more motivated and more open to experiment because we're not always looking to grow 25% on our following month by month. That's how I see it. This is making me think actually about how much you can learn from where you've failed as well. Not failed, that sounds awful, but um, I'm thinking you can learn as much from people that haven't become customers than those that have, which is not not growth either. So I'm thinking in an ideal world, it would be amazing if we could interview people that didn't didn't choose to buy or didn't, didn't convert. You can't always do that, but you can look at maybe what's missing and um, where they dropped off and perhaps why they left as a customer as well. I find that really, really useful. Um, I think as well as it being focused on growth, it's often focused on customers. And if only, I don't know, a percentage of people become a customer, that's a huge amount of people that have interacted with your brand but didn't come become a customer for whatever reason and why I think those metrics are really interesting as well. I love that. And I'm going to like, if I could virtually highlight that in our beautiful heads, I will highlight that. There's so much that we can learn from the, the things that we've missed and the things that didn't work out the way that we wanted to. And it kind of goes then to my question that has been flying in my head because <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, which is how would you suggest to students, even mentees, obviously we know that you work with mentees as well. How would you suggest them? How would you help them finding the time, making the time or creating a structure that allows them to not just measure. We talk a lot in the masterclass about the measuring element and you show us actually great practical ways to measure based on real campaigns, but also then implement because that's the thing. I don't think measuring and implementing are the same thing. Measuring we cannot actually do, especially if we have to tell somebody else, this is what happened. But then what about the implementing? I find that we know that we have to do it, but so many of us don't. So what would you tell somebody that is struggling to make the time, find the structure, find the way for them to do it and they really want to and they should? Yeah, this is an area which unfortunately has to have a bit of tough love, I think, um, because ultimately I, I'm thinking there's only a limit to how much you're in charge of your own schedule, I think, as an in-house marketer in particular. But if you're not finding the time to do things that are important, like that needs to be flagged, escalated, however it is to say the reason why. An exercise I love doing with my mentees is, is if they are struggling with structure and time and prioritizing, um, I'll get them to record what they're doing for two to three weeks, have a look at it and see what's happening. Is it last minute requests? Is it jumping from task to task with no focus time? Is it the way that the meetings are dropped in their diary? It could be a number of things. Most things are really fixable. So it's like, right, you have a meeting free day or you have a day working from home or something, which means that you get that focus time and to prioritize. Um, but yeah, in other times, it's a case of having a chat with their manager to say, 
okay, this person's getting 20 to 30 last minute requests a day. And that is preventing them from doing long-term work. So, you know, we need to change that structure. I always say there should be two things you should look at. Your week or month should balance between sort of the short-term work right now and then the medium and the long-term work so that you're always looking at stuff happening now but also in the future. And also the balance between acquisition and retention as well so that your week is balanced between you know, brand building and customer surveys, for example, and, and those two things. There's a lot of answers to your question, but I do think you have to be quite strict because you will not progress as a marketer if you can't control, you know, your schedule and your prioritizing. And I think it's a really key step actually from going from a junior marketer to more senior is being really firm about carving out that time, not, you know, not in overtime and not in your spare time, but in your work time to say, I'm going to spend time doing this. It's just as important as those last minute requests all the other work I'm doing. I love that. And what I would even say is that if you are a marketer that works with clients uh, and you kind of want, you want to kind of progress in your marketing career when it comes to your worth and what you can offer and all these things, that's another thing to remember. Actually, these skills and this amount of work, especially if you're putting it for a client, this should be still part of the work that you bill for, part of the work that you charge for, part of the work done that you spend on it. And I think a lot of the time, especially if you are, whether you're doing a in-house, whether you're doing for others, but also if it's just your own stuff and your own business, you just think about the deliverable, like for example, the funnel itself, or, you know, if you're creating a content calendar for somebody, the content calendar, but then there's the analyzing what worked in the content calendar, if you want to go separate from the funnel there's understanding what can be changed in the in the calendar all of these things i think i love what you said because i think we're trying to hack our way into do things faster to be able to do more and um at time of talking today there was a really interesting um uh, stat from a hub support report that said that we're going from five campaigns that marketers again are managing at any given time all the way to nine campaigns at a time nine and i think it really shows how many things we are doing because even if you think about every single stage of the funnel has a different channel for example that is a mini campaign in itself <laughs> so if you have more yeah. than one funnel already you're yeah, already just... kind of compounding that and i absolutely love a way of reframing that can help some people because we're all different obviously but i generally think that thinking about Activate, activation versus retention and making time for both is actually a great way to look at it if you want to almost do what Veronica suggested reevaluate where your time is going and then if you want to find that balance I would even argue maybe you know two columns piece of paper another exercise I know evil uh, and then write down what do you think are some of the things you're doing from the acquisition perspective like bringing new people in and what are some of the things that you're doing to nurture your customers and just kind of look at it and see whether, because I think some people, especially you talked about more experienced or less experienced marketers, There's the less experienced marketers, I understand that it's harder because there's a lot more behind the scenes work, looking at the retention. Again, talking from personal experience, I've done this for 15 years. First one or two years, especially with not having um, traditional marketing uh, qualification itself, I had no idea. I was just focusing on bringing people, community building, and that's great. But I was not thinking about, you know, serving, understanding, uh, you know, kind of building loops and, and relationships and kind of growing, you know, the experience of the current customers. So it is actually something that naturally some of us, especially early on, don't 
think about as much. So look at how many tasks are you currently doing? How much work are you currently putting into that stage? I think that's a great thing. So thank you for mentioning again that balance as well. I think it's so important. Um, one other question that I had then, based on, I'm thinking again about what you get with the masterclass you obviously, and what we teach with funnels in general, you get an understanding on how to evaluate, how to look at it. And then also, you know, you start building up all the different things and you build up all the different stages and then you action them. How would you say then you transition from starting and doing the funnel and then you get the analyzing element and then you start from another funnel that is fresh where do you see all these old funnels, experiments, work going? And do you ever go back and dip your toes into it based on what it works and what it didn't? Because again, we talked about analyzing, making the time then to implement or change. But now I'm thinking, how can we use all of that data? Let's say you've been doing this for five years of documenting everything you've been doing. Do you ever go back to some of the old stuff? Have you had a system that helps you doing that? Or is it something that we need to be mindful of as well? Yeah, no, I do. I do go back. I um, I use Trello, but it was literally so many platforms that are basically the same. So you've got Notion, Asana, all of these. Um, of course, your funnels in there. Definitely, I've done that for probably 10, 10 years at least. Um, and yeah, and have one. How the however it is that you were, I always had one for each product or each client that I'm working on um I do go back and they and they do evolve and sometimes I'll look at something from five years ago and think oh actually that campaign was really good um I said no I always try it again but I might have to lift a funnel and use it for another product and actually if you've got a framework that's worked before there's no reason why you shouldn't lift it and then try it again so it can become a bit unwieldy but I think it's really important to record what we do so that you don't end up duplicating work and you can try again what's worked well. And the good thing about what I do now, because I work with different clients um, on a sort of a freelance basis, is that there's, you know, I I can come into a new client and say to them, I'm pretty sure, might not 99% sure this is going to work because it's worked for 18 others that are just like you. So we can put us into place really quickly. And that's a nice place to be that I can do that but to also be up to date with what's changing in marketing so that it doesn't get stale. That's an actually great, great reminder. Thank you for mentioning that. And obviously it makes me think about what you get, obviously when you join the masterclass is in Notion, we have built a whole, again, experimentation dashboard where you can have fun with that. And it's based on what Veronica teaches. So we actually break down the amazing steps that you have and the, the reflections and the points that you want to add to each stage of the funnel. And one of the things that I also talk to when I get you through, I do a walkthrough where we kind of see in practice how we can do that, which I always find is the easiest way for us to implement these things. Um, you know, you can actually look at the different activities. So let's say stages of the funnel and the things that you do within the stage and mark whether you think it was a success or whether it was maybe not so successful or something that needs to be reviewed. And uh, and then obviously you can have a whole view that allows you to see all the successful activities that you've done in funnels before. And I think that's another great way to do that because I agree with you. I think if we have a system that we record things, then it makes it easy for us to see everything that worked, everything that didn't. That is, 
categorized well enough that we know, you know, I'm looking for somebody else in retention. I know that this is the channel they use. I want to see where, where else I used this channel before that I know that at least it worked for these people. You can look at what the audience was. Obviously, if you've got different brands, you can even write to different brands or different campaigns. So it all really helps. And I think um, one of the most understated marketing skills that I talk about all the time and Veronica is with me on this because I know we talk a lot about it is just setting better systems and with everything we teach in the school I want to give you the knowledge and we want to give you the knowledge but we also want to give you the systems because I generally believe that that is invaluable because you can then get back to them again and again rewatch our lessons rewatch the sessions rewatch things like this and just get, get a fresh reminder of things yeah. and then if you don't have a way to implement it it would be remiss for us to tell you to constantly implement things and do things and try things if we don't give you the tools to do it. And I think that's a really understated marketing skill, learning how to set systems before you need them. I say this a lot um, and it feels tedious, but I like systems, so I guess I'm biased. Yeah, the other thing is that you are going to have someone in the business and if you don't, you should, who's going to say, what have you been doing? What can you show me? What metrics do you have? And it's so nice to be able to pull out beautifully designed funnel and say this is what we're doing this is the reason why um and like these are the metrics i've got to show for it and um, not only does it just appear more organized but it's way more professional and it professionalizes marketing which i'm very passionate about as well because so often it's seen as an industry which is clearing in you know and that that's the whole thing so i think to have this like really you know strategic framework just Many benefits, but that that's great that you can then show that to people and at a glance you can see what it is that you're actually doing. I love that. And so just to finish off with this, so thank you so much for getting all these questions answered, which I know with like so many questions that so many people would think about when it comes to actually tapping into the funnels, would be what where do you think funnels can really support marketers? We kind of talked about like why they matter, but I would say you know, from the strategy element to, let's say, the professionalism. If you were to pick like the one thing that you genuinely feel like learning how to do and create and build better funnels can help you do this, what would be the main thing that you would say? It can really you'll help work. you for the time. Yeah, you'll work smarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally it. Thank you so, so much. Now... <laughs> we go. We're going to bring actually from the main podcasts, so the main interviews, we're going to bring our quick fire just to finish off um, before we let you leave, before we let you free. Um, so this is, a quick, this is an easy one. I'm going to say a couple of things. I'm going to tell you this or that, and you've got to choose which one you're going to keep. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. I am starting with, I know the answer to this one already, everybody, by the way, uh, I think. Um, Spotify playlist or podcast, Veronica? Spotify playlist. I know my people. Um, <laughs> voice note or text? Text. Sorry. Are your team no voice notes or you're like, I just would rather not do it myself? I do like them, but I do prefer a text. Okay, good. There's, there's some really strong yeah. non-voice noter out there. So I always check. <laughs> Carousels or reels? Carousels. Nice. Interesting. Mm. TikTok or YouTube? YouTube. I'm going to say newsletter or Twitter, but I don't know if I should say newsletter or threads or whatever, but you you, <laughs> you take it as it is. That's two different answers. 
because oh okay Go I'm on never, Twitter, I'm never, I miss the old Twitter so I'm like really into threads so let's go with threads yeah good good see and I'll need to update this at some point because I don't know how much how much I can You're... keep Twitter into that <laughs> into that equation <laughs> um memes or gifts this is the final one memes oh yeah and even <laughs> catch a little bit like pause She was like, no, memes, memes all the way. How would you use memes? How do you find you've, you use your memes again and again? I think everybody's got their own way. There's like the internal memer, there's the like social memer, there's a saving memer. I just send them to my friends to make a point. I have my favorite. I'm just thinking that I associate gifts with people that are slightly older than me, actually. My mum uses gifts and I'm like, oh, I took a meme. <laughs> Okay, now uh, off air, I need to know how old you are because I think we're actually the same age. So it's making me feel like maybe I internally am old. <laughs> I'm 27, so I'm an elder millennial. So I'm generation meme, basically. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm there, but I find a gift says a thousand words. Maybe just because yeah, I know that yeah. some people really makes them kind of like, like <laughs> gently eye roll. And to me, it gives me so much joy. So I think that's it. But I love both, to be honest. But a gift, I have a folder full of gifts. So that's kind of where, <laughs> that's kind of where I live, everybody. So I'm old inside. Veronica, thank you so, so much for being here with us. Um, please, if you want to get lots of goodness, including the masterclass that Veronica teaches, including the dashboard itself that we talked about, and also my full walkthrough. So overall, this is, as the course session is around, like just about an hour of lots of insights that include, again, the walkthrough, include uh, the masterclass that kind of breaks down how you can use that. And also we have um, other little bits and bobs just to help you out, really getting a solid understanding on how to test and implement your funnels. So thank you so much, Veronica, as always. Um, cannot wait to see you in the next cohort as well. So if you do want to meet Veronica, don't forget to check out our course. I always have to mention altmarketingschool.com slash learn to find out about our next cohort, which is coming soon, which means, you know, you got to come and join us. And in the meantime, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. And until next time, class dismissed. <laughs>